Welcome to our three-year celebration. I know we keep saying that, but we're just so excited about that today. You know, three years is uh, kind of a big deal in a church plant. Um, at this point, we would know pretty well if, uh, if things are going well or if we're uh, starting to put resumes out or something like that. So thank you for being we're a not part putting resumes of a church out, plant. That is three years old and continuing to thrive and hiring staff and looking towards facilities and all of these things. Thank you for participating in the ways that you, you do because we are incredibly honored and excited to be on this journey together. Three years old. Now, often on an anniversary, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you do with your spouse on anniversaries. Sometimes what we do is go out for a special meal. And uh, the conversation also often revolves around, well, let's reflect on the past year. What were some of our favorite experiences? What are some of the challenges that we faced? Uh, and then we always want to look forward as well, right? We, we begin to look towards uh, what, what's coming in the year. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? What kind of planning is going to go in place for the year to come? And much the same today, we want to talk about uh, where we've been, we've done some review, we'll talk about what God is doing in us currently today, and then we're going to talk about a God who is making all things new. We'll get into more of that in just a second. So I don't know about you, but I love HGTV. So if I have the TV on at my house, it's often the HGTV channel, and my favorite shows to watch are these shows that are home makeovers, so they home renovations. So they take these houses that are completely falling apart, and they're completely dilapidated, and you see the progression. They, the crews come in, and they tear down all the walls. They, they have these designers come in with all this creative thinking, and they redesign the whole place. And by the end of the show... The house looks like new. It's this beautiful, peaceful, inviting space. And I love to watch, in the course of 45 minutes, the progression from worn out and tired to made new and beautiful. And isn't that the journey of walking with God? That we are being made new as we walk with God. Revelation 21.1 says it in this way. Uh, John is having this vision of the new heaven and a new earth. He says, uh, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. In verse 5, it says, uh, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. So John finds himself in this uh, throne room scene, uh, picturing this new heaven and this new earth, uh, longing for what is going to be, longing for a hope that is coming. Yet John, of course, at the end of his vision, finds himself back in the real world, in the middle of his job and his responsibilities and family and struggles and, and everything and all the good and all the bad. And yet John had this glimpse of what would be, right? This glimpse of what is new and what is coming, a new heaven and a new earth in which the two will be combined and God will reign over his people. Revelation 21, read more on it uh, later today, if you will. But the question becomes, for John uh, in this moment and for us as we listen to passages like God is making all things new, the question is, so so how or when or, or what's actually happening in this moment. And I want to call our attention back to Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount 
he, uh, he prays this remarkable prayer. He says, pray like this. And he starts off in Matthew 6, 9, Our Father in heaven, holy or hallowed, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, take a moment to, to consider Jesus' perspective. Having come from heaven, perfect union and experience with his heavenly Father, down to earth, like John, in the middle of all the messes and all the good and all the things that life has to throw at us, Jesus comes down, and here on earth he says, why don't you pray like this? God, may your kingdom come down to earth. He prays like this, God, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine if we caught a glimpse of the newness that God is bringing about? And then like Jesus begin to pray and participate to live into these things of newness in the world around us, that God's kingdom would come down to earth, that God's will would be done in our lives, in our communities, and in the world. God is making all things new. So how does this change come about? How does it happen? I want to look first into the inward change. What does it mean for God to make us new? So let's go to Colossians 3. Really read verses 12 through 15. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Colossians says, therefore, as as God's chosen people, as God's chosen people. You remember that feeling in elementary or middle school when they're picking teams and you're standing there waiting to be chosen and then you're chosen? God has chosen people because he loves us. And God has chosen us to... What we and say? you weren't the last picked this time, by, <laughs> by God. You were not yeah. the last one. So you, remember the feeling of when you got picked. Maybe that was, uh, yes, and not the last one chosen. I'm sorry if I brought back bad memories for you. I started to cry a little bit, and I felt like there might be someone else in the room feeling my same pain. Yes. Hopefully that didn't happen to any of you, but sadly that is the case. So that feeling of being chosen, that God chooses us, that because he loves us so dearly. And then he invites us to live into the characteristics of God. And he says, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And these are the things that are representative uh, on how Jesus lived when he was here. Jesus showed compassion and kindness to the people that others didn't want to be around. Jesus was very humble and even being formed as a man when he was fully God. He was gentle and patient. And so Jesus gives us this model and then invites us to live into these characteristics, to make this our way of life. 
This passage talks about love as what binds it all together. And I can't help but think in Corinthians when it says God is love. So God is the one teaching us to love. And all these characteristics are a part of love. And then at the end, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. And when we walk with God, when we allow him to transform our inner lives to be more like him, these are the results. We find a peace that is not our own, a peace from God, and and we are filled with gratitude for what we have with God. So walking with God is not about a list of of do's and don'ts, but instead it becomes uh, about God transforming us from the inside out to be more like him. You know, um, it's hard to be like Jesus. I don't, I don't, <laughs> kind of a tall order. I don't, yeah, you know, it's a tall it's order. <laughs> like, I don't accomplish that incredibly yeah. well in life. But we're talking about transformation, and we're talking about the way God is working in our lives mm. to bring about new things. You remember in um, Galatians 5, you might recognize some of this. It says, but the fruits of the Spirit, that is, what the Spirit is producing in our lives, what the Spirit is growing in us are things like love, joy, peace, patience, mm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you hear the parallels to what, you know, it says clothe yeah. yourself in these things, and it's like, but I don't know if I can do all that on my own. Mm. I, I tend to fall short of the mark. And there's this promise in Scripture that the Spirit, as we open ourselves up to the work of the Spirit in our lives, mm. will be producing these very things in our lives. So daily, uh, we open ourselves to God, and God begins to create new things. Remember mm. Revelation 21? I'm making all things new. And can you for a moment today imagine that it means you too? Right? Can you for a moment hear those words in our lives? God saying, I am making you new. Mm-hmm. I am making all things new. You see, God is at work to change, bring about beautiful, remarkable change in us. So to celebrate today, since this is our three-year anniversary celebration, to celebrate the work that God is doing in us, creating us new each day, we asked a few people to share with us, how is God making you new? How is God making you new this last year? Let's go ahead and show that video. Reminding me not to worry and to do things one step at a time. God is making me new by opening my eyes to see his beauty and creation more often. God is making me new by reminding me to slow down and wait on him. (laughs) God is making me new by giving me the courage to ask for new friends. God is making me new by teaching me to take a longer view of little things and to keep in mind that just because something feels very overwhelming in the moment doesn't mean that it is as big of a deal as it seems or that it is beyond his capacity to do something with. God is making me new by granting me freedom through his grace and in his church. God is making me new by helping me to rest in who he has created me to be and not find my value, my purpose, my identity, and anything I can do or through my job. Chloe, how is God making you new? 
God is making me new <laughs> by helping me to feel grateful for my new Love Christmas it. jammies. God is making me new by teaching me that I am enough in Him. God is making me new because He's giving me peace. God is making me new by presenting me with opportunities to practice faith over fear. Amen. God is making us new by teaching us to be nice. Kind and loving and sweet and um beautifulness. God is making us new by teaching us we need patience and teaching us how to have patience. God is making me new by learning to be patient with my husband when he doesn't listen to me with what I need to make it work best for me for the video. <laughs> All right, so God is making us new, right? Uh, very practical, some funny, and, and some really serious things that God is doing in our lives. And I want us to hear that message. God is making mm -hmm. us new. God is bringing about restoration and new hope and change in life. And one of the questions we find ourselves asking is, to what end? Why is God investing all of this in us? Why is God changing our perspectives, teaching us to be more kind or more gentle or more loving? The question becomes, why is God sowing so deeply into our lives? So let's read 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though Christ were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Did you hear that? In Christ, the old has gone and the new has come. Do any of you remember, remember that moment in life when you gave your life to Christ? And you said a prayer and maybe you were baptized at that same time. But do you remember those moments in life where it becomes so clear that God is giving me a new lease? God is giving me new opportunity. I have come to know his, his love and his power in new and remarkable ways. In Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. But again, the question is, to what end? What is the purpose of this newness that God is doing? And 2 Corinthians tells us precisely that. Now, he uses this, this complicated word, so let's define it. It says reconcile, right? To reconcile. That means to be uh, brought back into whole and healthy relationship. So God is reconciling people, first of all, to himself, is what Second Corinthians says. God is inviting people back into whole and healthy relationship with himself, where once there was division, where once there was separation, God is inviting people into that whole, healthy, beautiful, life-giving relationship. But the passage doesn't stop there. It continues to use this term, reconcile. It says, it's as though we are Christ's ambassadors. 
It says, we have been reconciled, brought into relationship with God for this purpose that we would go into the world and invite people into healthy, whole, life-giving relationship with God and with each other. Okay? It says, this, this beautiful work that God has done in our lives is not just for our sake, but it is that we will be ambassadors in the world, showing people, inviting people to know the love and the hope and the, the reconciled relationship with God and with each other. At the Vine, from the beginning, it's been very important. These three words have been very important to us, the belong, believe, and become. And we've said that over and over. And as we talk about God making things new, both ourselves, for, for us personally, and outward for our communities, I, I feel like the belong, believe, become really describes that journey how God is making things new. As we belong to a Jesus community, a Jesus-centered community, we begin to see and to experience God. And as we see and we experience God, our belief in him and our trust in him grows deeper and deeper. And we open up ourselves to God. And as that happens, the Holy Spirit starts to work in us and, and we start to become more like him. And then as as we live out our lives, us being more like God affects our community. We're, we're not only, it's not just for us, but it affects how we live and how we engage our community. And we start to see those Christ-like traits in action, the kindness and the compassion and, and the patience and all that. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. And it's this journey that happens. None of us have achieved it. We don't sit up here having been made already new. Like it's, it's a process and it, it's a beautiful, messy, wonderful journey. How beautiful, about that? messy, wonderful. I, that, those Someone are the words that, that come. Yes. Right. I agree. All of it. It is. It's yeah. remarkable the things that God is doing in our lives. And yet when, when change and activity and events, events of our life are somewhat out of our control, we know mm-hmm. the kind of anxiety that mm-hmm. produces. And so it creates this challenging but beautiful journey where as we submit to the Spirit, God is beginning to change us. So what in the world does this mean for us? First of all, we want to hear you to hear this morning that God is making things new. Mm-hmm. And if this is a season in life where, where you've been struggling or you've been hurt, uh, where, where, where you're overwhelmed by fear or stress or frustration, I, I want you to hear today that God makes things new. That God is inviting us to a new season, a new knowledge of his grace and his love through the spirit that God is making us new. And I want us to hear today, number two, that God is inviting us to participate in him making things new in the world around us. You see, this story of reconciliation is a a movement both inward, what is God doing in me, but it doesn't end there, it's a movement outward. As we go into the world, as as the mouthpiece, as the hands and feet of Jesus in the world around Mm -hmm. us and share this beautiful hope of reconciled relationship with God. So if the band will come up to help us close out in just a minute. Um, yeah, come, come on up. Um, Sarah has uh, something for us today. Yeah, as we're talking about being, being made new, I wanted to take some words from Scripture we could just listen to. And think of this almost as a story of, of God making us new. 
What does it look like? So just listen. And at the end, I'll invite you to stand and say the first part of the Lord's Prayer with me if you would like to do that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him, all things were made. Nothing, without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all humanity. You see, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And Jesus unrolled the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. For the kingdom of God is already among you. For he himself is our peace, who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, that dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and its regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here in all of this from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him, against them. And he has committed to us, to us, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Bear with each other and forgive one another. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, we are called to peace. And let's be thankful. Whatever we do, whether in word or deed, let's do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. I invite you to stand and say the Lord's Prayer, the first part of the Lord's Prayer with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we thank you for this day and this time. We thank you that you are making things new. We thank you for your beautiful work of reconciliation and newness in our own lives. Father, we thank you for the overflow of that, that we are invited to participate in your kingdom coming down in this world and your will being done. We thank you for Jesus and the hope found in him. Father, we thank you for an opportunity this afternoon to celebrate three years, to share a meal together, uh, to have conversation, and we pray your blessing on all of that. Father, go with us today uh, that we may know more newness in life. In Jesus' name, amen.